0: Buddy, yeah, yeah, it is DJ Crystal Clear here at the world famous As It Should Be Studios in Crookland, New York with my beloved engineer, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Oh shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're, we're, what are we doing? Talking we're, about songs. We're talking about songs, but we're two fists in it as usual because we do two episodes back to back. And for those... I forgot the first time. Um, people have been asking me to do this more often. Like you do, Paul. You try to do one every week. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I used to. <laughs> um, I can't do it every week, man. Because <sighs> I'm too, I've got too much stuff going on. I'm too busy.
1: It, it's very difficult to maintain a consistent weekly podcast. Yeah. It's, it's uh, worth it once you... If you get to a point... Where you have uh, advertising dollars coming in. When, when it gets to that kind of thing,
0: right? then it gets... Yeah,
1: then you can really put some eggs in that, in basket. that basket. But when you're doing it just because you like it, it's tough to do it it's that often. It's tough.
0: Yeah. I just don't... Yeah, if somebody was paying me, I would be more adamant about making the time for it. But uh, that's not happening yet. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe it'll happen someday. Maybe someday. Hopefully. But anyhow, here we are, episode 9... And the first song right out of the gate right out of the back right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right right out of the wha- <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm so excited i can't talk i'm all tongue twisted tongue-tied and things uh the first song is wild thing
1: oh shit oh
0: shit That was not gunshots, people. That was somebody throwing trash away. Uh, (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are in the hood. We are in the uh, hood. But it's it's also 2019. It's 2019. Um, Yeah, so it's Wild Thing. And here's something that you might not know, Paul. Even the mighty Paul Bernalito might not know this. <laughs> not <don't> know this. <laughs>
1: well, you know, there were a couple of things I didn't know in the last episode.
0: So. That's right. Learning, because I am an educator. All right. So the original version uh, version of this song was done by the Wild Ones in 1965. Did you wow, know that? Wow, I
1: didn't know that. And, they, and clearly they had a thing.
0: They had a thing. So, uh, or sorry, 1965, the Wild Ones. And then I'm going to do a couple of covers of this. The first one being The Trogs, 1966. Everybody thinks that's the original. And you just learned that it's not. (laughs) You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, And then the second cover is Jimi Hendrix, 1966. And then I've got The Creatures from 1981. And then X in 1984. (laughs) Paul already gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam Kinnison in 1988. Oh, shit. That's, man, that one I forgot about. All right. So, <laughs> so the original song, as I said, what just blew your mind with, done by the Wild Ones, they uh, were an American rock band from here in New York City. And they were initially led by singer Jordan Christopher. And they are perhaps best known for recording the first version of Chip Taylor's song, "Wild Thing." What other big hit song did Chip Taylor write, Paul?
1: Um. I
0: don't know. I don't know.
1: I was, was, I'm, I'm so (laughs) clueless. Not only do not do I not know, but I was trying to come up with a a funny quip to say in lieu of actually knowing, knowing. (laughs) and I don't even have that. You're just gonna have to tell me.
0: Uh. The big hit song they wrote was Angel of the Morning.
1: Oh, shit. Which was originally uh, put out by Evie Sands. Mm Mm-hmm. But...
0: uh, Yeah, that's on my list. She did not have the hit. Did not have the hit with it. That's right. And their producer was Danny Secunda, the brother of Tony Secunda. How about that? Danny and Tony just... (laughs) Now, if you have not listened to episode number eight, you have to go listen to it right now, because the name Tony Secunda comes up at least twice in that episode. He is also, was also, I don't know if he's still alive, a music producer. And, um, yeah, so this was like, I did not plan this, I did not know this, but for Secunda to come up again is pretty kooky. So, the original Wild Thing by The Wild Ones... I'll explain a little bit for those of you who don't know. Um, It's sort of a folk rock thing happening. Uh, It opens with a hard acoustic guitar strumming, like very feverishly. Uh, Some harmonica comes in that is underneath the whole song. It rambles at the pace that you're familiar with, with the Trogs cover, but the arrangement is very spare. It's drums, guitar, a bit of electric guitar twanging here and there, and the bass is very low in the mix. But there's lots of yelling and screaming <laughs> Yes <laughs>
1: Indeed <clears throat> yeah. yeah, Wild Thing is one of those songs Kind of like House of the Rising Sun You think, well, isn't that just, like, traditional? Wasn't, it, isn't that older than the trees? trees? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
0: isn't this an old, traditional song? Which, yeah. but a lot of people Okay, so, sidebar Paul just put out What which episode is it for you?
1: Uh, 24
0: 24, episode 24 of his podcast As It Should Be Which you should be listening to. And that was... It was your favorite singles of 1964, right? Yeah, yeah. And House of the Rising Sun was one of them. Yes. And you talked about that song. What did you say about that?
1: Okay. Oh, I said lots of stuff. About that. You don't want me wasting a bunch of time telling you all the stuff I said about that. <laughs> well, so see, the thing about that song yeah. is there's so much about it, and I said this in the episode, this I will say, that I said in the episode, that there there is so much about that song that you could talk about, that yeah. you could actually do a, a complete episode of a podcast speaking only, only about, about that, song. that
0: song. It's pretty wild, yeah. man. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> it's uh it's very kooky how all these things are related so <clears throat> excuse me so yeah so we're gonna listen to a bit of all of these so it's the wild ones is the original and then the Trogs, hendrix creatures x sam Kinison. that's five a five way
1: we're gonna hear all that stuff we're huh? gonna
0: hear all that stuff oh, little shit. bits of okay. all that stuff so hold on to your horses people check it out here's the wild ones the original version I yeah. Mind, I thought I'd say that.
1: You made me trust you, that stuck the knife in my heart. You're a lying, unfaithful, untrustable trail, but I think I love you.
0: All right, all right, so now that you've heard all six versions of this, <laughs> what was the last time I did a five way? I think it was, uh, was Gladys Knight and the Pips or something. Well, anyway, I digress. So, the original version by the Wild Ones. Wild thing. You make my heart thing. Sounds like a
1: novelty record. It,
0: right? It sounds goofy. Yeah. Like there should be some animated animals. Yeah. Singing it like an aardvark or something. It's just, yeah, they sound like they're goofing around in the studio. I mean, yeah. Not, not the, yeah, it's just weird. Um, the Trogs, everybody knows that. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hendrix, uh, you know, of course, that was like, what was
1: that? Um, That's just live. He, I don't that think it was a studio. That was live from Monterey Pop,
0: yeah. That was, that, children, was when he set his guitar on fire at the Monterey Pop Festival. Yeah. For those of you who didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then the Creatures version, for those of you who don't know who the Creatures are, it's Susie Sue. And Budgie from Susie and the Banshees, and they do their jungle rhythmic, you know, percussive drum thing. And it's Wild Fang! (laughs) You make my heart sing! It's pure Susie and Budgie. And then X, now that's the version that I thought Joan, I thought it was Joan Jett.
1: Oh, <laughs> you know, I never thought of it before, but now that you say that and I play it in my head, I right? can see why you would think
0: that. Yeah, because that was the, I don't know why I had that memory in my head, but I was like, oh yeah, Joan Jett did it too, and I'm looking it up and I was like, why am I not finding the Joan Jett version? No, stupid, it was X. You yeah. know, Xe and Cervanka sounded a little bit like Joan Jett on that, I think. Yeah, that was um, an
1: MTV video.
0: It was, because it was used in the 1989 movie Major League. Oh, shit. That starred that trash box, Charlie Sheen. And uh, it was about a baseball team, and his character's name was Wild Thing because he he had wild pitches. He was throwing wild pitches all the time. (laughs) And then the Sam Kinison version, well, that was Sam Kinison screaming the entire thing. Of course, he changed some of the lyrics to fit his comedy shtick. Like, why didn't you tell me you were a demon from hell?! And the only thing that gets you off is to see me in pain! (laughs) 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 And that video was on MTV all the time because it had everybody from the 80s rock scene in it lip-syncing along in the chorus. So it was Tommy Lee, uh, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, Billy Idol, CeCe DeVille from Poison, John Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, um, and then Sam Kinison's girlfriend, of course... Really made the video because it was Jessica Hahn. Everybody remember who Jessica Hahn is out there? You probably don't if you're 30 and under. <laughs> <laughs> she was the sex scandal before Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. She was like old school sex, presidential sex scandal. Um, she's rolling around on a yoga mat on the floor trying to be sexy in some crazy weird dress and stockings.
1: Pretending she's in a white
0: snake video. Pret- Yes, doing a terrible Tawny Katayan. Yeah. And it was awful. So, what do you got to say, Paul? Which one's your favorite? (laughs) Well. Surprise! uh,
1: You know what? Honestly, the Hendrix version.
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, now, you surprised me.
1: Because I don't really... The Trogs, I mean,
0: yeah, the original
1: one, like I said, sounds like a novelty song. The Sam Kinison version is a novelty track. Yes. Um, you know, I don't like the Creatures version. I don't like the X version. The uh, the Troggs version. I don't know. I'm just. I never was that into it. And it's been played to death. into the fucking ground to death. So it, when I think about it, I mean, if somebody said, you know, choose one of these to listen to right now, you have to listen to one of these versions. I'd go to the Hendrix you version. Go to Hendrix. Yeah.
0: Is that the one you listen to with a gun to your head, or for the rest of your life?
1: Well, I'd rather not have to listen to that song again in any form for the rest of my life, but if I had to choose one... That would be it? Yeah.
0: All right. Well, this is what I say. I say that I've never liked this song. As a matter of fact, I've always hated this song. I, I agree. I can't stand that Trogs version because I just don't like it. I don't like the arrangement. I don't like the vocals. It sounds like it was recorded underwater, kind of. Like, it's... I don't know. It's very... There's nothing sharp about it. Now, is it because it was used tape or something? I don't know. It just sounds like shit to me. <laughs> used tape. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, we got to get in the studio today, boys. All right, what are we going to... Oh, there's this thing on the floor in the bathroom. Let's use that tape. Okay. But... Um, yeah, I never liked it. So, I am almost forced... To give it to Susie and Budgie because it fits within the parameters of my criteria for what a good cover is. They totally make it their own. It's not recognizable until she's wailing the chorus, basically. Whoa, thing! Like, you don't know what the hell, because it's chung chung, chung chung, chung chung, chung chung, chung chung, chung chung, chung, chung j- you know, jingle bells, and it's like, what the fuck is this? So, if you're not a Susie and the Banshees fan, if you're not a Creatures fan, you're not expecting that. And so Susie and Budgie win.
1: Well, you know, I used to work at Roundtable Pizza. In my early twenties, I was—I oh uh, was delivering Roundtable pizzas, and uh, I had a coworker who used to sing "Swamp Thing." Oh
0: God!
1: You turn my dick green. Ew. You make everything slimy. <laughs> Swamp Thing. <laughs>
0: What yeah, and we that thought genius. that was the funniest
1: shit ever, ever. when we were 22. <laughs> <laughs> and I still think about it, and actually, it's kind it of still funny. Quite, yeah,
0: he came up with that on his own. Wow.
1: I don't know if he came up with it on his own, on his own, but that's. But he used to sing that, so I don't know. Maybe somebody else sang it that he got it from. I don't know.
0: And he, he would just bust that out to lighten well, the mood, or if it came on the radio when you're, in the back. I mean, like. Well,
1: the thing is, is that you know, working in the back kitchen at a pizza place, you know, you're full of a bunch of 20-something kids that are just trying to entertain themselves back there. And so, yeah, you know, so it just becomes just shit like that just gets shouted out (laughs) out of nowhere.
0: Got it. That's pretty good. I like that. (laughs) Make my dick green. (laughs) You make everything slimy. (laughs) Swamp thing. (laughs) Slimy. (laughs) Now, see, if he had put that together with a band and given it to Troma... I'll bet you they would have bought it.
1: Uh, honestly, I think that's where uh, Kinnison should have gone with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. He totally should have. Poor Sam. Rest in peace, Sam Kinnison. For those of you who don't remember or don't know who Sam Kinison was, he was this... Uh, he was this comedian from the 80s, this short, fat dude with long, scraggly hair, balding, so he always had a beret on, and uh, he always wore a trench coat to cover up the fact that he was fat. But it made him look, <laughs> And we had no idea. And we had no idea. And, <laughs> and
1: the, we had no idea he was bald because of the hat. Because
0: of the hat. And the trench coat made him look fatter. Yeah. And, you know, he had hair down past his shoulders, but it was just like scraggly, long craziness. And his whole shtick was screaming all the time. But not like Gilbert Gottfried yelling, because Gilbert yells Sam was literally screaming, like peeling paint, screaming. Yeah, he was blood curdling pretty much at all times. At all times. And he. Did Rodney Dangerfield discover him? They were. They were. Like, that's.
1: Like, they were. I don't know. I I mean, it wouldn't be tough to discover him. You can hear him from three cities away.
0: (laughs) But I think. Well, I mean, he was. He had Sam in his movies.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't. You know, honestly, I don't remember where. I even first saw him or heard of him. I he just him. kind of appeared. I think the first time
0: I saw him, he was on The Tonight Show. Uh, I think. Um, or it was either that or, um, you know, the comedy shop or one of those.
1: Comedy store. Comedy
0: one. store, or one of those shows that had stand ups on them. But yeah, it was like, Wah! I mean, he would just literally blood curling, screaming, and then in between. And then he would tell the little joke, <laughs> he was a very weird dude. And he died was it a drug overdose?
1: Probably. And that or would have been, a, what, eighty like, eight or nine?
0: Something like that. Like a heart attack induced by drug overdose. He was doing a lot of eight balls like Jim Belushi John Belushi. Right. Um Yeah, synonymous with that LA he was LA crowd to the bone.
1: Well, that's the thing. Everybody says party like a rock star, but The fucking comedians around there probably way Way harder harder than rock rock stars stars, did.
0: That's for sure. (laughs) Man, especially if you had a movie deal or a TV deal. Yeah, it was nuts. So that was song number one. So check, yeah, check those things out. Song number two is Take On Me. The original, that I don't even need to talk about it because everybody knows about it, was done by Aha. In 1984. Now, the, the I could say that this is a cover of a co- of itself because there was an original version produced by a different dude, and then released in 1985. So Aha themselves did it twice, mm. and was re-released under you know, but not under a different like when they pu- when they kept putting the album out in '85, they didn't say oh new version. It was just like. A different dude produced it. Well, it was one
1: of those things, I think, probably where the other one had made... It was such a lack of an impact, that yeah. they figured it's, this is going to be new to everybody, yeah. so we don't even need to bother
0: saying that. Yeah, so yeah. that's exactly what they did. Um, and the cover is by Weezer. Oh, from shit. this year, 2019. Yeah, I... So <laughs> the original is, you know, 80s new wave synth pop genius at 168.61 beats per minute. <laughs> it's super fast. Um it features a Roland Juno 60 MIDI, a Yamaha DX7, a Linn drum machine, but they had real cymbals and real hi-hats overdubbed in it. They had a Fairlight CMI all over it. That's a keyboard. Along with the lead singer using a newman u47 mic and a nev mic preamp and a nev equalizer, so this was basically synth porn mm,
1: yeah. the whole song: yeah, I still remember the very first time I ever heard that song or saw the video
0: and what happened I
1: mean it's not really a story I just I just there actually is zero story. I just distinctly remember the, <laughs> the first time it was on MTV and it was it was a thing because yeah. it was like it, it didn't just come on it was like you know the VJs were like oh, oh and this mm-hmm. is a new band from where they from Sweden or uh, Sweden Saskatchewan so yeah. some Saskatchewan wherever
0: uh Open Saddle Soap <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: whatever (laughs) yeah and but they were yeah so they they kind of gave it a a major intro and I was like oh well this this sounds interesting let's watch this you know and then I was like I hated the song but the video sure was cool
0: (laughs) yes because everybody knows the song because of that fucking video so it was 3,000 frames of rotoscoped goodness it took five months to make that thing could you imagine cutting that shit together in 1985
1: yeah, and that's only a three minute video three, I mean, imagine it doing a feature film in that style, style.
0: 3,000 frames For a couple of minutes Crazy Some guy in there losing all of his hair with a razor blade And scotch tape Putting that thing together um, So you guys know it It's, uh, it's um, this woman who is Oh, the storyline is She is in a restaurant And can't afford to pay So she's doing a dine and dash and she's reading this comic book that has aha in it, and there it's not traditional comic book drawing. They're sketched in; it. it's like loose pencil drawings, pencil pencil sketches. And so as she runs out of the diner, then it turns into the same pencil sketch look as the comic book, and the you know the waiter running out of the diner. That turns into like goons in hats with wrenches coming after her, and then it turns in this whole soap, soap opera type thing. Um, it won a zillion MTV awards in 1986, like every, literally every award except the hip hop award, probably, and it was probably nominated for that too. Um, and as of this June, it has 900 million views on YouTube. Wow. 900 million.
1: Well, I guess, I guess that renders it a classic.
0: I mean. 900 million? That's crazy. And it was one of the first videos to be turned into a literal music video. You know about those literal music videos?
1: Literal uh, as opposed to a figurative
0: (laughs) music video? (laughs) No, some geniuses decided to take these old videos from the olden days in the 80s and make them literal, where they would explain what's going on in the video.
1: Oh, like pop-up video. Like pop-up video. I gotcha, I gotcha.
0: But it's uh, if you go to YouTube, you can just type in literal video and you'll see these things. Right, and they give you all
1: the the factoids and all that shit. Um,
0: No, it's just explaining it. It's just explaining explaining the plot of the video. Because
1: pop-up video would be facts. It would explain stuff, but it would also give you facts. And like, oh, and you know, on the way to the studio, Mm -hmm. so-and-so stopped at Dairy Queen. Exactly,
0: yeah. No, this is like a literal translation of... The video, oh, okay. not for blind people, <laughs> but just for videos that were confusing. Because way back in the 80s, kids, a lot of videos made no sense whatsoever. And then, if it was totally kooky, then they would just make up something. But uh, it was one of the first literal music videos, quote unquote. So, um, so yeah. So we're gonna listen to these two, Aha and Weezer, back to back, and then talk about them. So. Sit down, close your eyes, and imagine the video playing in your head. Yeah, please stop. Please stop. Oh, yeah. stop. Why are you not stopping? Jesus uh, fucking uh, Christ. fuck.
1: <laughs> wow, that, that cover was so oh, radically different from the original, wasn't it? Yes. shit. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, one of the main differences being that all the soul was stripped out of it.
0: And that's hard to do for a synth-pop song, to yeah, take I the know. soul out of a synth-pop song.
1: Well, that's just... I never really thought of that as a soulful song, <laughs> but then when I heard the Weezer version, i that's when I was missing what soul there did exist it's in the in original.
0: It. And it's inside of a tin can. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. they ha- It's all live drums. It's all real drums instead of just a hi-hat and a cymbal.
1: On the Weezer one?
0: On the Weezer one. Yeah, well. And Rivers Cuomo. You know, I mean... He's Rivers Cuomo. He, he, he sort of hits that super high note at the end, but in the beginning he doesn't go that high. But it's the exact same thing. It's note for note, exactly the same.
1: There's even a little trill in, in the, the original singers.
0: Trying to you. like yeah. He
1: does exactly that. Same
0: thing. So, So the reason that this exists is because Weezer put out an album of covers this year, earlier this year and the only reason i know that is because they were on uh the tonight show with jimmy fallon and i saw them did they do this i think they might have done this because maybe jimmy did his whole thing dressing up like the original band and whatnot so but
1: jimmy figured some way to make it about him right guy <laughs>
0: yes yes and uh, he's all he's got paul yeah, well, that's that's true because he sure as fuck doesn't have me. He's all he's got, so <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the only reason the only reason I know that this shit even existed. So yeah, obviously, aha wins because this Weezer version is bullshit. Yeah, I don't always
1: uh, dislike a cover based on that criteria. I'm not always bothered by a cover being faithful to the original. But that one is just truly just sounds like, why does this exist?
0: What's the point? I mean, you know, there's some that are similar to the original, and I'm not mad at that. But this, and what was the other song I did a couple of episodes ago? Um, It's My Life. Talk, talk. Yeah, but even uh,
1: that one sounds more different than that shit. Yeah. That we just listened to.
0: But theirs is even more egregious because it sounds like they just lifted the original track and then just played over it like I can sort of recognize what's his name Tony the bass player in um, no doubt he has a very to me anyway he has a very specific feel um, and I could I that came through to me mm. on their cover but basically it's like shh, do, do, do. I mean everything is it's exactly the same and it's stupid so why bother Weezer why bother you why'd lose. you do this you lose Rivers Cuomo. If anybody knows Rivers Cuomo, tell them to call me or email me.
1: Or you you lose, But or as anybody who would be typing it out in a text or on Facebook, you loose. You lose. Because <laughs> nobody can fucking
0: spell loose. Have you noticed that? Nobody can spell loose and nobody can spell breathe either. Lose, yeah. Oh, it's breathe. breath. Breath, breath, yes. But yeah. They, it was they, hard for me to breath. No, it was breathe, you dumbass. <laughs> see here's my thing how can you loose how can you how can you loose if you are over the age of 18 and you are still making spelling mistakes like that right and you're not using your spell check and you're not reviewing what you wrote before you push send or return or whatever it is i don't care what platform you're on you know instagram facebook twitter youtube whatever i will not take you seriously if you make spelling mistakes, like stupid spelling mistakes and grammatical errors like that, make me insane. Well, the
1: thing about uh, lose versus loose, um, there it's you're like you're not. It's not going to autocorrect that because both of those are legitimate words. Right. And you you just have to know. Pay attention. You have to know in order to be able to fix that. Yeah.
0: Pay attention to what you're writing. That's all I ask. Because if you seriously if. If you don't take that little bit of time to pay attention to what you're writing, I can't take you seriously and I'm not going to I'm not going to deal with you. Now, maybe I'm an extra bitch about it because I've been a teacher for so long and I will not accept that I wouldn't accept that shit from my students.
1: No gold star for you.
0: No. You know, spell. Learn how to spell. Learn some fucking grammar. <laughs> Talk about a sidebar. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Sorry, I'm the one who led us on that wild goose (laughs) chase. I mean, dessert and desert, it's one S. Come on, y'all. What a hot mess. All right. That was song number two. Yay, uh aha. All right, song number three. (laughs) Song number three. It's called Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Sounds like fun and games. Yeah. There are a lot of fun and games here. So... Uh, We all know the original was done by Guns N' Roses. It came out in 1987. Appetite for Destruction.
1: Even though you didn't hear it until 1989. You, dear listener.
0: (laughs) You, listener. That's right. They didn't hear it until 1989. I heard it all the time. You know why? Because I was living in L.A. at this time, and I worked (laughs) at Tower Sunset at this time, and Guns N' Roses, you know, I worked with Slash for a hot minute at Tower Video. Saul as I was introduced to him, getting a blowjob under the manager's desk. Well, he wasn't under it. He was sitting at the desk while some chick was giving him a blowjob while she hid under the desk. That's how I met him. Did I tell (laughs) you that story? Fun and games. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in there for an interview. The manager brings me in there, and there's Saul sitting at the desk. No hat but hair all in his face face, and uh you know getting a blow job he was very still but anyway it was very weird and and the manager was like saul i'm trying to have a meeting in here see this is crystal i'm gonna interview her for a job she seems really cool blah 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 blah. look at her hair because at that time i had you know a mohawk or something and uh and he's like can you guys come back in five minutes like, take her to the
1: fucking car, dude. Yeah. If, and, uh, if this is how you're playing it.
0: And uh, what was his name? Kevin, I think, the manager? He's like, get out of here, man. I'm trying to conduct a job interview. And he's like, okay. And then he, <laughs> the chair was on wheels, and he shoves the chair back. And I can just see, like, where his T-shirt hits his treasure trail there. And then he button, pulls up his, zips his pants up or buttons them. And then this girl crawls out from underneath the desk and runs out of the room. <laughs> well, thank
1: you, Gazari, for helping for, you know. me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Gazari helped, helped helped that to happen, I think. Yeah, so these motherfuckers were on the strip every night of the week. Gazari's, The Rainbow, The Whiskey, The Roxy. Uh, what else was there? Was that it? Gazari's. All those things that I walked by every fucking day for years. But I digress. So the cover is done by Edda James.
1: Okay, I did, not, I did not know about this. Did not
0: know this. It came out in 2011, which was not long before she died.
1: Yeah, I was going to say.
0: Because <laughs> <clears throat> I think she died in 2012. Oh, okay. Or 13, something like that. So, uh, yeah, the way I discovered this cover was I was listening to uh, some internet radio station. And it was, uh, it was all jazz and blues and stuff. And then one of the DJs had a contemporary jazz blues show on this radio station, and you know I had it on the background. I'm folding laundry, whatever I'm doing, not really paying attention because I it was the old stuff I was focused on. And then this new person comes on with this new stuff, and I don't like a lot of contemporary jazz and blues. I don't, I just don't like it. So he's like, okay, you know, here I am, blah blah blah, and you know I'm gonna come back. We're gonna take a commercial break, and I'm gonna come back with uh, Welcome to the Jungle. All right, we'll be back. And then it you know cuts to a commercial. And then I was like, what? <laughs> Why did he say welcome to the jungle? <laughs> Are they going to play Guns N' Roses? They're going to play Guns N' Roses? Isn't this a jazz station? What is happening here? <laughs> so then I had to sit down and stare at my iPad and wait for it to come back on. And then he's like, okay, it's Eddie James. Welcome to the jungle. And I was like, what? So, uh, yeah, so we're going to listen to these and uh, and then come back and talk about it. You you're gonna bleed, but it's the price you pay You're a very sexy guy, that's a very hard to please
1: You can taste the bright lights, but you won't get them for free In the
0: jungle, welcome, welcome to the jungle, yeah Feel my, 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 you know what I
1: mean I wanna hear you scream Ever
0: wanna quit or come down. down down So down You had
1: enough. I've had enough.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Alright, so you know, the original version. I don't have to say anything about that shit.
1: Oh, not even close. Yeah, that's yeah. the original one, clearly. Like, and as I said to Crystal as we were listening to the song, the opening of that that at a James version, I was waiting for Linda Ronstadt to come in. It's <laughs> it's just too I, I just hate that kind of overly like Roadhouse kind of yeah. vibe. Mm-hmm. Right down to the point where I love The Doors, but Roadhouse Blues, ugh. Eh. I hate that. Yeah, it's a lame song.
0: It is a very lame song. Um I feel you on that. Um, but if you think about it, Etta James could have, in an alternate universe, written this song herself in some form because she lived a very hard drug fueled life right and uh so it's relatable.
1: Yeah no that's true, and I think the 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 blues sort of uh uh base of the song becomes way more evident in her version. Like, I just never thought of it in those terms before.
0: Yeah, me neither. Um, Yeah, she was a junkie. She danced with the devil. This slow, swampy, gritty thing. Sounds like it should be in a movie or something. Um, It works for me. And the bonus is that you can actually hear all the lyrics clearly (laughs) enunciated. (laughs) That, yeah, that that I noticed too. Because I listened to the whole thing a couple of times before I came here, and I was like, oh, that's what he says? Wait a minute. That's what it is? Oh, what? You Like, you know, I know it and I've heard it, but I've never... Because there's some... Sometimes stuff mumbles past you. Yeah. And he all you hear... Knees, knees. Right. Yeah. So for me, considering my criteria, Etta James wins. Because she made this song her own. It's completely different from the original. I... Would you ever think that Etta James would cover this song? I never would have thought it. I didn't, no, I didn't thunk it.
1: I think um, I don't. I'm not really a fan of Guns N' Roses, but I I prefer the Guns N' Roses version. And one of the, one of the reasons why I give it to the Guns N' Roses version is I is that Etta James changed it, but she changed it from something distinct into something just like oh another song sounds like that.
0: Average. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig that. But,
1: um, but yeah, I mean, it does... Hearing her version does kind of give you some insight into the song that you don't get from the Guns N' Roses version.
0: No. And the only way that you get that uh, subtext from Guns N' Roses is when you watch the video. Mm. You know, when right. he plays the hick coming off the bus. And that's where... That's where the song title came from. You, you know that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, for those of you who don't know that story, so when Bill Bailey <laughs> got off the bus in LA, downtown LA, there was some homeless guy. He was with a friend or something. And some homeless guy's like, wow, welcome to the jungle, rah, 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 trying to scare them. Right. Because they look like young, innocent hayseeds. Right. So, uh, so, that's where the song comes from. Some drunken, skid row bum downtown LA who. Obviously, did not get publishing. So, <laughs> so, song number four is Unbelievable.
1: Wow, it's that good, huh?
0: Yes. It's so unbelievable that it's called Unbelievable. Wow. And it was done by EMF. Oh, shit. Well, here we go. In the 90s. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 As a matter of fact, it came out in 1990. Oh man! How about them apples? Not yeah. just any old 90,
1: but 1990. 1990
0: itself, like the turn of the decade, right? Um, <laughs> do I need to? No, I don't. In fact, to. I
1: beg of you not to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, you know, it's it was 1990. And it that was the era of how do you even describe it? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you totally caught me off guard. Um it it was a time of Hell <laughs> You're like we're doing mad libs now. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was Okay, so 1990s. It was uh, boy bands. It was Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera.
1: Well, that came a little later, though, A right?
0: little bit later. But like this genre of music is techno pop. It's, it's just bad club music. It's terrible club music. Originated in Europe, which they're notoriously known notoriously for their bad dance music.
1: Well, this may may be the time to cut in with, just like, uh aha, I was watching MTV when they first, the first time they played that video, and they had a big introduction, and there was a big, they had like a big introduction with an interview, like they were presenting EMF to the world, like it was going to be the next big thing, and they were described as having the attitude of the Sex Pistols. (laughs) They're, they're, they're electronic and dance and club music, but with the attitude of the Sex Pistols. Pistols.
0: <laughs> they actually said that?
1: That Yes, that was exactly how they were sold on MTV the first time they played that video. And so that was always an inside joke. With oh Like God. me and Phil used to joke, we, Phil and I, Phil from Tragedy, we used to have a band called Impossibles. And I have some demo tape somewhere of us doing a four-track. In the beginning is our voices, we are the Impossibles. And we have the attitude of
0: the Sex Pistols. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, so so yeah, you didn't know that EMF had the attitude of the Sex Pistols.
0: I had no idea yeah, yeah. because I was not there for that grand premiere. you know. Wow, I missed it. All mm. right, well, uh, yeah, uh, the cover by Tom Jones. Came oh, out. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, we're taking. <laughs> <laughs> I came out in 1994. So now we're going to listen to them and then talk about it. Ha <laughs> ha Oh. You me with your questions You'd have me telling no lies
1: You're always asking what it's all about But I never listen to my replies Now you tell me I don't talk enough But when I do, I'm just a fool But this time I realize I'm gonna shoot through and leave you The thing you said
0: All right, so we're and we're back. So uh, yeah, EMF. All right, I forget what that's an anagram for.
1: Ecstasy, motherfucker.
0: Ex- oh, that's what it is, really. Ecstasy. I, I, according to that same. Oh, epic. Uh, epic <laughs> yeah, intro. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Ecstasy, motherfucker. All right. So, well, there you go. They were all on ecstasy. That's why it's such garbage. Okay. So uh, it's this annoying pseudo techno pop one-hit wonder that you love to hate uh, with a very infamous sample of Andrew Dice Clay, where it's like, as soon as it goes... Oh! That's Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, shit. And then at the beginning of... uh, That was at the beginning of each chorus. Unbelievable. Oh! And then he says... um, he yells, uh, It's unbelievable! They play that underneath uh, during every bridge. <laughs> right. And there's also a sample of a random Black Panther Party yelling, some member of the Black Panther Party yelling, What the fuck?
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. So. I hate to say that I heard that enough times. To why I do remember those details.
0: <laughs> um, you know, but the hook, it's a good hook a hook that just wouldn't quit I'm not saying that it's a good hook I'm saying that it was a successful hook
1: it did it's job it did
0: it's job and the video was annoying and eye catching and seizure inducing um I love it I hate it I love it I hate it I hate it uh you know Tom Jones' cover he can make the art of noise sound sexy <laughs> so
1: well Tom Jones wins for one reason
0: yes because he's fucking Tom Jones. Because he's fucking motherfucking Tom Jones. That's all. That's it. And the art of Trevor Horn produced it. So it's, you know, la, la, la. It's do, doo do, doo, doo, doo I mean, it's all synthetic. Because um, we all know how Trevor Horn rolls. But his uh, his voice, his baritone, I mean, it's just, he made that thing swinging. He made it sexy, sultry. He, he kills it. The horn section, it's just, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, Tom Jones wins because he took a stupid song from the 90s and made it sexy. Because he can sing the phone book and make that sexy. He's a righteous dude. Oops, somebody got a phone call. Meet me. Uh, Rowan. Number five. Number five. Five Alive. Song number five. Song number five is Knock on Wood. I think everybody has heard this song. It was originally done by Eddie Floyd in 1967 and the cover was done by Amy Stewart in 1979 Uh, the original by Eddie, it's a Stax Stax, Wax, Stax Wax, Stax classic written in the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee did you know that? Oh, no I did not for you people who are not history buffs or just don't know any fucking thing that's where Martin Luther King got killed um it's now the national civil rights museum right so it was eddie and steve cropper a stack session dude who you may remember from the blues brothers he was the one with the brown hair and the big brown beard playing and like nodding his head (laughs) yeah yeah the one looks like a muppet yes he does look like a muppet Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yes um Steve Cropper. So, Steve has stated in interviews that there was a lightning storm the night that he and Eddie wrote the song, hence the lyrics. It's like thunder and lightning. The way you love me is frightening. It's a mid-tempo burner, I think. A great horn arrangement by the Memphis Horns. Uh, And the band totally lays in the cut. They're in the pocket the whole way, because they're fucking, you know, Stacks house band. Uh, the artwork for the single is really funny, though, because it's Eddie Floyd in one of those, you know, like, razor-sharp cut suits that, you know, if he ate a piece of candy, he'd rip it, (laughs) and he's in front of a tree with an axe, like he's gonna cut down the tree.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I think I have seen that image, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so goofy, (laughs) looking
0: sharp as a tack. All right, so, uh, we're gonna listen to both of them, and then come right back. Listen to these two songs back to back, what do you think, Paul? Um well, I oh, man, that's
1: that's kinda tough. But I think ah, yeah. <laughs> see the the original one is better, but I'm more attached to the to the to the cover, to the seventy nine cover, because that's the first one I knew. Really? Yeah.
0: You first heard Amy Stewart? Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: On the radio. Yeah,
1: because mm. it was a hit, you know. That's true. And um, yeah, that, that's that's the first one I knew. And so that, that I'm, I'm more I'm just more I'm more connected to
0: that one. Got it. You know. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you can't outdo black people. You can't outdo stacks because it's just it's fucking great, and uh, I I love that song. Um, the cover by uh, Amy it's
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's of its time it's of
0: its time it's definitely of its time and I remember I was in junior high school and uh, you know it was 79 so I was in uh, ninth grade at when ninth grade dance and I was DJing a little bit of it and that song came on and everybody hit the floor Jumping around like a bunch of weirdos because, uh, right? Because oh. Sorry,
1: I have some, uh, some some locals outside the window
0: there. <laughs> just talking, talking it out like a couple of bros. Um, everybody just loved that song, jumping around like lunatics, and I loved the video with her crazy head headdress, headpiece with the big loops on it. And it was... um, What is that... The technical term called? Where it's like... Where you see the... Oh,
1: uh, Tracers? Tracers, yes.
0: Do you remember this video?
1: I do. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah,
0: so good. Um, So, I like them both, but I can't say that it's a tie. I'd have to say that uh, that she wins. I agree with you. Oh, oh, oh. Really? Okay, I did did not... The way that was shaping up,
1: (laughs) I did not expect you (laughs) to go with Amy Stewart.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Amy Stewart because... Aside from fitting the criteria to a T, you know, she took this bumpy, grindy, stacks, swampy thing and turned it into this, woo! Crazy high pitched. You know, yeah. This crazy high pitched, uh, you know, fast moving disco song and super successful.
1: Although I, I suspect she didn't actually do that well no <laughs> i don't know who arranged that track
0: but, but uh, they did a damn good job yeah i actually couldn't find out that information and uh, there are other covers of this song that i'm not playing or talking they're going to talk about i'll just mention them uh david bowie in 1974 from a live album
1: he did a lot li- he did he a- did
0: a live version of not oh, gonna yeah and it, i it, i think it's terrible sorry raquel Is it Um, on
1: the the 75 live album? The David Live album? Yeah, David Live. Yes, I don't know that one that well.
0: I don't like it. Mm. I don't think that he did a good job. Uh, Otis Redding and Carla Thomas did a version of this in 1967. Razzie Bailey did a country version in 1984. Eric Clapton did a version in 1985.
1: (laughs) There's no way that sucks. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Michael Bolton. Did a cover in
1: 1992. I'm gonna. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I really want to go at Michael Bolton, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you just mentioned Eric Clapton. <laughs> so
0: it's like, just like,
1: Michael Bolton, the, I, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Bolton's not gonna get it. Clapton gets my memory. Clapton
0: gets it. Yeah. Bolton, you get off easy this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I couldn't bring myself to listen. <laughs> <laughs> to the Clapton version yeah, I, I, I listen to all of them but uh, you know as I tend to do here which some people have complained about but for the sake of people who are not as much into music as I am I always pick the most popular hit cover because not everybody is a musicologist so you know I already did a five way get off my back wait that was in the last episode the five way right no, it's at the beginning of this one, Wild Thing. It was the first song. Yeah, yeah. So relax yourselves out there.
1: They'll be freshly in the afterglow of a five-way. They yeah, won't be complaining.
0: calm yourself. All right, so here is the last song. It is an epic song that everybody has heard, everybody knows, everybody has sung it drunkenly in karaoke some fucking where. It's called Born to Run. Oh, shit. And I can say firsthand that it is not the most epic Bruce Springsteen song to sing.
1: (laughs) And not the most difficult. (laughs) And
0: not the most difficult, you know? Because when we did an F-bomb, a Bruce Springsteen F-bomb, how long ago was that?
1: Oh, I don't know, a few months ago. A
0: few months, yeah. It's burned... So I had to sing Rosalita. I sang Rosalita. Which if you sit down and listen to that song right now, it's tougher than Born to Run. Because there are like 18 different stories going on, you know, time changes, interludes, bridges. It's fucking crazy. And I almost passed out after singing that fucking song. But I digress. So yes, Bruce Springsteen put out this song in 1975. An epic opus in E major. A song about getting the fuck out of Freehold, New Jersey. And... Here's a little side note. That was not the first version of the song, so actually this is a cover, sort of. Uh, The first version was recorded by Alan Clark of the Hollies. Did you know that? Born to Run. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the release was delayed until after Springsteen's version was released.
1: But... But... Springsteen wrote this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Springsteen's yeah. song. But I mean, I guess that makes okay. Yeah, because I guess early on, people that were doing Springsteen songs, uh, even before him, because I think um, I think doesn't the Bowie version of "Growing Up" predate yeah. the Springsteen version, version too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: But Stopped I was like, a lot of mic here. Alan Clark of the Hollies.
1: Yeah, that's I, mean, I didn't how did know. he Get
0: his hands on that.
1: I didn't know about that version.
0: Very weird. So yeah, so they were so. Springsteen's cover, how does it stack up against uh Alan Clark? <laughs> I I didn't listen to it because I was too gobsmacked. Um I'll we'll have to check that. I'll we'll have to check on that. But uh the cover that I'm going to talk about was done by Frankie Goes to Hollywood in 1984 from their debut album. Mm. <laughs> Burp. <laughs> Yeah, that album. Did you ever listen to that album? No. Uh,
1: um, I'll let you. Uh, yeah. I'll hell, let you make your assumptions. Hell no, you'd you be exactly right.
0: But you know, sometimes you surprise me, Paul. So I have to ask <laughs> no, these no. things.
1: You know what? Yeah, no, that that is fair enough. Fuck no, I've never Fuck listened to that more. album.
0: All right, so it's a double album, mm. debut double album. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. it's. For, I think I
1: remember it being a gatefold, but I didn't know it was a it's double. It's like
0: eighteen sides of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and what makes it annoying to me first of all it's um, ZTT you know Trevor Horn uh, producing it so it's got all of that going on and then it'll be like you know a song and then two songs later it's a, a snippet of that song as a mini opus and you know that kind of bullshit
1: so it's just see I, I hate it when really when dumb dance records try to be important and pretentious
0: yeah and that's what this album really tried to do very real hard. It was, as the kids today say, it was really thirsty. This record was real thirsty. (laughs) But it did this.
1: Thirsty AF.
0: Thirsty AF. But it did two interesting covers, and this was one of them. The other cover I'm going to save for another episode. I'm not even going to tell you. Um, So we're going to listen to these, and then um, Paul's going to say he hates the Frankie Goes to Hollywood version.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crystal's. (laughs) <laughs> ball is is working it is. overtime
0: overtime all right we'll be right back <laughs> Want to hear any more of it, or you had
1: enough? no? I want to hear considerably less of it, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, the, 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 Hol- the Frankie Goes to Hollywood version that just that's hardly that's basically just like the Bauhaus version of the T Rex song. In a way, hmm. to me.
0: Mm. Maybe it's
1: been maybe it's just been too long now since I heard it, but that's <laughs> that's the way I, I processed that Bauhaus yeah, I mean, cover. They,
0: yeah. Um, I so when I bought this record when it came out, <clears throat> that was when I was working at uh, at Listening Booth Records, and took it home, you know, looked at the album tracks listing, and was like, whoa, 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 what? at this and the other cover that they do that I'm not going to mention right now. So, of course, this was the first song that I played when I took it home. Because I'd already heard Two Tribes and I already heard Relax. So I put this on and I just thought, what the hell? And I remember Diane, my college roommate, who's still one of my best friends to this day, came out of the bathroom or the kitchen or whatever. She's like, what the fuck is this? Bruce Springsteen, blah, 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 blah. i said it's frankie goes to hollywood and she like collapsed you know (laughs) like what are you talking about so this like bauhaus covering uh telegram sam is really unexpected i would never in a million years thinking that this band whose album is called welcome to the pleasure dome who had all types of homoerotic and gay sexual shit going on in their videos for two tribes and relax especially in the uncensored version of relax you've seen that right so i was like what you know and then other songs on this record are Crisco kisses (laughs) and (laughs) dot 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 bang you know so, so
1: what's, what is their message exactly?
0: Yeah, the message mm-hmm. is grease up and take it up the arse. Um, <laughs> so the minute I saw it, I, you know, I cracked up and I played it. And initially I was really underwhelmed, but pleased at the same time. Because uh, Holly Johnson's voice, it's somehow British, but doesn't have a British accent. Like you can hear little glimmers of it where he's speaking so proper you know like he says words where we're used to hearing Bruce kind of slangy and he is you know has his pinky out while he's drinking tea (laughs) and Bruce is slugging back a you know cold 45 or whatever so every word like Etta James with Welcome to the Jungle and another song that we talked about every word of the song is perfectly enunciated literally in the king's English (laughs) it's like the singing Oxford Dictionary right (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time the engineering to me of this song it the way that it's sent like sonically to me it sounds like what a doris day close-up looks like in her movies
1: right it's it's
0: like there's vaseline on the lens yeah there's cheesecloth like it's 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 uh it's not muddy but it's soft even though it's like, ha! Ba-ba-ba-ba, like, they're smashing and bashing here. But at the same time, it's still, like, with a velvet glove.
1: There's a lot of reverb. Yeah. <coughs> That's, you know.
0: That, too. But it's not... Uh, it's it's Butch, but it's not Butch at the same time. And he's he's he had a great voice, Holly Johnson. He had a powerful voice.
1: And he was uh, he was pretty good friends with Lemmy.
0: Uh, that's right. Lem, Lemmy, that.
1: Lemmy, and 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 Holly Johnson were chums.
0: See, that's nice. That's nice how the world works. So, rah, 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 rah. could you see the two of them out together?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's just for one simple reason. Like Lemmy just didn't give a fuck about. Yeah, it's like he's a good. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you know he's one of them gay blokes, and yeah, we were over at the bar, and, you know, and he doesn't give a shit. I got him
0: have some whiskey, it was fine. Well, yeah. doesn't
1: even well, like he's, But the thing is, is that he's one of those guys where, like, he really doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck, and he's gonna make sure you know, and has to tell you so you know it. Like he just doesn't yeah, give a fuck. He just does not give a yeah, fuck. Yeah. That's true.
0: Good old Lemmy. Yeah. So, uh, who wins? Who wins for you, Paul? <laughs> well, who do you think the winner is? Well, let's see.
1: Mm. Mm, <laughs> Lemmy. Lemmy wins. That's a cop-out. Okay. Springsteen, of course, because I actually do like Springsteen. And uh, that, you know, that song has been beaten into the ground, but, man, it really is fucking good.
0: It, yeah, it is fucking good. Listening to it a couple of times last night, you know, you just can't beat it. It's just so... Oof. Yeah. Yeah, the energy is great. I mean... Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I'm not sure if they did it to take the piss out of it. Because it's not... They did not do a novelty version of it. They did it straight. They sound pretty sincere. Yeah. Do you see what I did there? They did it straight. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) 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 But they, you know, they did it straight. But at the same time, they didn't really make it their own. There was one lyric that was changed where he cheekily says, you know put your legs around these velvet hips to make it gay, because we all know that velvet is gay. (laughs) (laughs) But also,
1: you know, clearly Holly Johnson is not, he's not uh, secure with his homosexuality, and he has to make sure, let you know he's not straight. Right? Yes,
0: very uptight. Very, very uptight. So, yeah, uh, I have to give it to Springsteen, because it's not a really good, it's not a good cover it's just
1: yeah it's just not that good it's
0: not that good and but what kind of boggles my mind unlike other bands who do covers not necessarily doing them straight but like uh, other things you imagine them like like the Stones doing Ain't Too Proud to Beg right oh there's something that they did during rehearsals to warm up or whatever
1: right they didn't Uh, sit around and do a new arrangement of it they just played the fucking song they just played
0: the fucking song this, I don't imagine Frankie goes to Hollywood sitting around like, oh, it's time for rehearsal. All right, let's do Born to Run. Let's just jam Born let's to Run. Let's just jam Born to Run, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not happening. This was very deliberate. Um so it's cheeky, but no, sorry, Bruce Springsteen wins. So that is that. That's the end of episode nine. Number nine. Number Turn me on, dead man. Nine. Turn
1: me on, dead man. Number
0: men. nine. <laughs> How could I not do that? It's number nine. So uh, I want to thank you, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Oh sure, yeah. As know. always, here in the wonderful As It Should Be Studios. In the balmy. The balmy. Now the sun's. The sun's sweaty. streaming in. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that your that your windows face the south.
1: Yes, I get the late afternoon sun and uh, I I'm going to deal with that right now. Oh, he,
0: l- ladies and gentlemen, he's getting up. He's walking.
1: I am pulling down my <laughs> my drapes and you are there.
0: <laughs> you are you are Did you hear that? That's drape number 1. All right. All right. Oh. Oh, oh, drape number I 2. Like the apples. Now it's a little bit darker in here. But that's that's all right. It's all right. I, I should have done that a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I'm all discombobulated whenever I come here, so I never know what what's where north is. But mm. now I know.
1: Yeah, you're facing south.
0: Yes, but when I walk out no, of here. No, no,
1: actually, no. You're facing
0: west. West. Yes. Yeah. Um, when I walk out of here, I'll know where I'm going. Not that it matters, because I know how to get here, and I know how to go home.
1: And now you guys know the, all that stuff.
0: <laughs> no, you all know. Because it's Crookland, people. I have to travel to get here. You know, it takes a while. But it's worth every minute of travel to get here. So thank you, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Listen to As It Should Be, everybody. Check him out. Black and white photo of him in a really nice Applejack hat. That is a pretty cool hat. <laughs> my, my jacket, yeah, yeah. And uh again, please leave me comments, questions, email me because I don't have a website as we discovered in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz you are not partying like it's 1999. I am not. I definitely am not. Um email me at djcrystalclear@me.com. Uh, you know. Oh, and please and do this for Dr. Paul Bertolino as well. Go to iTunes and leave ravishing rave reviews. You know, I I got a 5.0, which is, you know, great, but only three people wrote something. So I need more people to write things so that I become more legitimate and write more things for Paul. And you can also do that on Anchor if you're listening on Anchor. You can leave comments on there, too. I haven't... I've looked at the other platforms that Anchor spreads out to, but I haven't really investigated on how they work so please do that i would really appreciate it so i'll be back next month with my two episodes in september see you in september who sings that song paul
1: uh fuck i know and i'm completely the the,
0: oh shit didn't you talk about it in one of your episodes is it the happenings Maybe it's the happenings. I'm
1: gonna look it up right now because it's bothering me. Because I do know this or should know this, and it's the information is not there when asked. Oh no! See, I remember somebody saying the Beach Boys did it. The tempos? That's that's, that's a '59 version.
0: The tempos never. Yeah, really the happenings. Happened. Yeah, it was the happenings. the happenings. The one,
1: the one from the '60s is, is the happenings. The
0: happenings.
1: So I did have that. Okay.
0: Ding, ding, ding. See. This is why you need to listen to Paul's podcast, because he's a musicologist with a brain like a steel trap and remembers everything.
1: Uh, Not counting the things that I don't remember. Not counting the things that
0: he doesn't remember. Yeah. (laughs) But mostly everything. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Stay in touch, and happy motoring.